So last week, we kicked off our Christmas series called Christmas Joy. And this month, as we anticipate Christmas coming up, we're focusing on how we can experience joy this season because it's such an important part of Christmas. Uh, last week, we talked about how Christmas is a time of celebrating Jesus' birth, and it's also a time where we look forward to his return. As we remember Jesus' birth and how he came uh, to the earth as a human baby, we look forward that he's going to come back the same way. And when he came to the earth as a baby, he came to restore the earth. And so when we all, at Christmas, it's a reminder that as he came in to bring restoration, the hope, the anticipation, the joy that we have is that he's going to return as a human to bring restoration to completion. We know that our world is not restored. We know that our world is in shambles, is broken. And so, again, Christmas is a time where we get a chance to look forward to Jesus bringing that, complete, that restoration to, complete, to completion. And it's that joy and that hope that helps keep us, helps sustain us, helps us eagerly stay on track of not giving up on waiting for Jesus. Now, this morning, we're going to talk about the joy and humility, the joy and humility. And this is another vital piece of joy that helps us stay eager for Jesus' return. It's another piece that helps us stay the track, not get distracted, stay hopeful regardless of the circumstances. Now, if you've been in church long enough, I'm sure you've heard of the word humility. Humility is is also being humble. Humbleness, humility, same thing. And to be quite honest, um, I've, I've heard about humility. I've sung about humility. I've heard about humbleness. I've sung about humbleness, but I've never really understood what it is. What is humility? What is humbleness? Uh, when we start talking about humility, uh, for me, it doesn't feel pleasant because I've got some baggage with humility. Uh, first off, sometimes when words sound like others, I either use them incorrectly because it sounds like it or, or, I, you know, or it gives me the, the wrong vibe because it sounds similar to another word that, that, that doesn't sound pleasant. And so humility reminds me of uh, humiliation. And we know that being humiliated is no good, no fun. It's not good. It's, it's, it's not enjoyable. It's not pleasant to be humiliated. Um, while humility and humiliation share the same root, root word, humus, H-U-M-U-S, humus, uh, which means the literal ground, the literal dirt, thankfully the meaning of humility and the meaning of humiliation are very different. And so like I would mentioned, Humiliation, to humiliate, means to make someone feel ashamed public, by bu publicly hurting their dignity, by publicly hurting their self-respect, often to bring them to the ground, to the figurative ground, by shaming them. And so humiliation has to do with shaming someone to bring them down to the ground. On the flip side, humility is very different from humiliation. Humility is very different. I'm going to borrow Rick Warren's definition of humility. And this is what he says. This is how he defines humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Let me say that again. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. 
Humility is knowing your worth, knowing what you bring to the table, knowing what you have to offer, and choosing to bring yourself down to help others. Choosing to bring yourself down for the sake of others. Now, I think this is really helpful and helps me take care of my own baggage because another reason why I think humility feels so unpleasant uh, comes from my Hmong context. Being Hmong, um, a lot of Hmong folks, including myself, I think we can come off as people who are humble, people who have humility. But oftentimes, at least in my experience, it feels like a false sense of humility. Uh, Hmong humility can sometimes feel like a false kind of humility. And I think my beef, the, the unpleasant feelings I get about humility in the Hmong culture is that we are humble because we don't want to seem prideful or arrogant. And so when people give us compliments or when people give me compliments, I deflect those compliments um, because I want to make myself look humble. The issue is humility um, in that context is meant to preserve me. Humility is meant to make me look good. Humility is meant to benefit me, my reputation. Whereas true humility is meant to impact others. True humility isn't supposed to help my reputation, but it's supposed to help other people's reputation. And so while I think that Hmong humility is really beautiful, sometimes, again, it's the sense of like, you know, we're being humility, we're being humble, but we're doing it because we don't want to pongje more. We don't want to be seen as the, the lazy one in the family or the unthoughtful one, the unkind one. And so we go out of the way, again, to save face, to, to, to do as we're told so that we can bring honor to our family. Now, over and over and over again in the Bible, humility is meant to benefit others first, uh, to, to benefit others first before it benefits us. And we see this best in Philippians. And so the best passage that you'll find in the Bible that talks about humility is in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read this for us. It's going to be on screen. A little long, but feel free to follow, along, follow, follow with. Uh, and it's a passage that you may have heard if you've been in the church long enough. It describes Jesus and his humility. And so let me read it for us. This is what it says. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every, uh, that is above every name, that is above every name. That at the, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
Now, last week, we unpacked a little bit of what Philippians was all about. And so, just a quick reminder, Paul wrote to the believers in Philippi to encourage them to be joyful regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation. Paul himself wrote this letter while he was in jail, and the believers that he wrote to were being persecuted by their faith in Jesus. Now, for some of us, persecution today means being, dealing with people who say bad things about believers, or if we post something on Facebook, or if we're for something um, about Jesus, and someone badmouths us or talks, talks, uh, uh, talk, talks negatively about what we believe in, we feel like that's persecution. But persecution um, for the early church was on a whole different level. And so the early church uh, were persecuted in ways that are unthinkable, that were inhumane. And so believers were being fed to lions as entertainment, while other believers were burned alive and used as torches to illuminate the rulers' banquets because the rulers didn't see that Christianity was fit. Um, in their in their in their society, and so again, persecution was happening rapidly among the believers during um, f- their, during Philippians, when Paul was writing Philippians, uh, as if persecution from the outside wasn't bad enough. The church in the Philippians had their own internal issues to deal with, and so in chapter one of Philippians, we find out that the church was divisive, and some of the members were selfish. Some were very jealous of Paul's reputation, and so they were preaching with the intention to gain more reputation than Paul, to outdo Paul. That was their point of, of that was the point, the purpose of preaching, that they wanted to be more popular than Paul. Now, ironically, in chapter one, after Paul addresses this issue, uh, Paul says that, hey, at least Christ is being preached, right? Whether these people are preaching for the right reasons or not, hey, Christ is being preached. But he does offer to the believers in this, in chapter one, verse 27, that they need to conduct themselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. Now, this leads him to say what what we read in the passage earlier in chapter two, that if anyone If any of the believers have been impacted by Christ, they should be unified, they should be humble and selfless. And in one word, Paul refers to this as humility. So let's take a look at how he defines humility. In verse 3 of chapter 2, Paul tells the believers this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, meaning they shouldn't be self-centered, they shouldn't be prideful. Instead, believers are to value others above themselves, not looking to their own interests, but to the interests of others. Paul then tells the believers to have the same mindset as Jesus, and then uses Jesus as the illustration of what humility looks like. And so let me read this passage again in how Paul describes what humility looks like. And so in chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, this is what it says. Uh, Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Uh, this passage speaks well to the definition of humility that I mentioned earlier. And I'll remind us, the, the, the definition that, that Rick Warren uh, uses, that humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Jesus did not think of himself 
um, did not think less of himself. Jesus knew that he was God, that he was equal to God. Jesus was confident in his godliness. Jesus was confident in who he was, but he chose to have an attitude where he thought, uh, thought of himself less because of us. He chose to think of himself less because of humanity. Jesus deprived himself. Some translations talk about how Jesus emptied himself uh, and of his godly rights and his godly privileges to be, and, and chose to become human uh, and not just a human but a servant so that he could serve us. In, uh, in verse 8, Paul tells us that Jesus humbled himself to the lowest possible point of dying on the cross. Now, crucifixion was often a punishment that was reserved for people considered the least worthy. And sometimes I think we get this notion when, when people talk about, especially about people who are in prison um, for, for, um, for molestation or for pedophile, that those are considered kind of like the, the worst of the worst. And so, again, people who were, were crucified were often seen as the lowest, the, the most dis despicable uh, people in society. They were of the lowest status. Uh, and oftentimes these people included slaves uh, and those who committed treason against their own. And so crucifixion was often reserved for the least acceptable people in society uh, as a way to humiliate them. And so Philippians chapter 2, Paul tells us that Jesus made himself not only, not only did, did he make himself, um, uh, did he step down from being God to humanity, but he stepped down from being human to again to be the least acceptable, at least in the eyes of society at that time. And he chose this way so that he could die for us uh, and serve us by saving us. And of course, we know the well-known verse in John 3, 16. Uh, this is what it tells us, that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That the point of Jesus um, coming down to our level, coming down even below us to serve us, was so that we can have eternal life. And so as a result of Jesus' humility, Jesus' choice to humble himself, to serve us, this is the result. In verses chapter 9 through, through 11, this is what it says. Therefore, again, this is in light of Jesus' humility, Jesus' option to decision, choice to make himself lower than us. Uh, um, therefore, God, so God is responding to Jesus' choice. God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God takes Jesus who chooses humility, who chooses to be at the lowest possible place of what humans can be and exalts him to the highest place. The result of humility is to be exalted, to be raised to the highest status. And this passage describes Jesus being exalted where every knee in heaven and on earth bows him. Every tongue acknowledges that he is Lord. And when we talk about how every knee and every tongue, it isn't just the angels, it isn't just the believers who are, who are um, worshiping Jesus, who are proclaiming, who are, who are glorifying uh, Jesus as the exalted one, but 
all of creation, including the ungodly, that the ungodly recognize that they bow and they proclaim that Jesus is Lord and they recognize that Jesus is exalted. And that's the joy of humility. And that's what Paul calls us to, that Paul invites us to experience this humility so that we can also experience the exaltation of when Jesus comes back to restore all of this. When we are humble, we will be exalted like Christ. And that is the joy of humility that we see when Jesus comes down to earth. And that's the hope that we can hold on to, sustain us, that, hey, whatever the situation that we're in, whatever situation that we're put into or we're serving others, that we can look forward to when Jesus comes back, that in our humility, in our humbleness, in our being less than others, for, to, to serve them, to love them like how Jesus loved them, that we will be exalted just like how Jesus was. Humility gives us joy because there is such a great promise ahead. It helps us remain joyful as we eagerly await Jesus' return this Christmas. And humility is the key that helps us open the door to joyfully expect Jesus year after year after year after year. While humility helps us experience joy and helps us eagerly anticipate that joy, a joy killer is our own pride. Pride is the opposite of humility. And this is what C.S. Lewis has to say about pride. The desire to lift up and exalt ourselves beyond our place as God's creature lies at the heart of pride. And so to lift ourselves up, to exalt ourselves up beyond where God has placed us, again, that's the heart of pride. Pride can be summarized as an attitude of self-sufficiency, self-importance, and self-exaltation in relation to God. Toward others, it is an attitude of contempt and indifference. We see this played out in the Christmas story. The virtue of humility and the sin of pride is contrasted between two of the most important people besides Jesus in the Christmas narrative. We get Mary, the earthly mother of Jesus, and King Herod. Mary exemplifies what a humble person looks like. Mary exemplifies someone who in their humbleness experiences God's joy. And so in Luke chapter 1, an angel informs Mary that she will conceive and give birth to the Son of God. From what we pick up in Matthew chapter 1, it was disgraceful for women to be pregnant outside of marriage. And most scholars agree that women were regarded as second-class citizens, that in the, the culture that Mary grew up in, Mary lived in, that women were seen less than men. Uh, less than men. And so Mary was in a very humble position uh, by simply being a woman. But in her humility, we find that God's favor is over her. The angel who meets with Mary tells her this not once, but twice, that God's favor is on you. Mary's cousin, Elizabeth, proclaims that she is blessed because of her humbleness. And Mary realizes the joy that she has once she realizes all of these things. Mary is the model for us of what it means to be humble and experiencing joy even though her circumstances were very unfavorable. On the flip side, we get the antithesis of Mary, we get the antithesis of joy, which is King Herod. 
King Herod was aware that a child was born who would become the king of Jews, and he called the Magi to come help him find Jesus. And he informs the Magi that, hey, when you find the, the, the baby who's born king of Jews, let me know so that I can go worship the child. But his true intentions were revealed uh, by God to the Magi. Herod's intentions in finding the child was that he could kill the child to maintain his title, to maintain his rule, to maintain his reputation, to maintain exalting himself. Herod was full of pride and full of exalting himself. So much so that finding out, that when, after he found out that the Magi had discovered his true intentions and didn't tell him where Jesus was, he responded by having all boys who were two years and younger killed because he was that insecure about himself. These two contrasting individuals in the Bible show us the results of humility and pride. That simply humility helps and pride hurts. Specifically, humility helps others and pride hurts others. And so what does this mean for us this morning? What does humility, what does pride mean for us? What do we have to look out for? There's three things that humility does for us. First, humility allows us to recognize that the only person we need to compare, to our, compare ourselves to is God. God is the standard and no one else is. We don't need to be like our friends. We don't need to be like our coworkers, our neighbors. We don't like, need to be like anyone else. We have to just only see ourselves in God. And when we recognize this, humility reminds us that we are not the most important person in the world or the most important thing in the world, and that's okay. Secondly, humility allows us to acknowledge our shortcomings, allows us to recognize our faults, our weaknesses. This is important because it frees us from the need to be validated by others. This is what King Herod struggled with, and his solution was to eliminate anyone who could potentially threaten his pride. Humility gives us the freedom to be ourselves. When we're able to be ourselves, we can begin to experience God's peace for us. And lastly, humility invites us to serve others with no hidden agenda to serve ourselves or serve our own reputation. When we experience humility, we serve others, again, not for our own reputation, but we serve because we genuinely care for others. When we are humble, we see others as more important, so we become willing to serve them. Humility frees us from the concern about ourselves, how others will view us, what other things will, will think of us. Miroslav Volf, a systematic, theologian, a systematic theology professor from Yale, says this, Put very simply, the humble one sees himself or herself in God. Put very simply, the humble one sees himself or herself in God. Humility allows us to place our hope not in ourselves, but in God. Humility allows us to place our hope in God's plan, knowing that it's better than anything we could imagine, which allows us, in turn, then to experience his joy. And joy keeps us eager as we wait for Jesus' return. And so this year, 
I invite all of us, myself included, to discover the humility of Jesus by considering his decision to be made nothing, even though he, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality, but he, Jesus, chose to be nothing so that he could die for you, he could die for me, so that we could all be right with God. Let me pray for us.